a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the RacerX Online podcast presented by Fox Racing. This is the New Jersey, the New York, the East Rutherford Supercross wrap-up podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. If they don't carry Fox, maybe go to a new dealer. Uh, Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, just some of the guys that wear Fox. And uh, what else can you say about those guys? Flex Air stuff out now, limited edition retro gear out. And uh, I imagine the uh, glow-in-the-dark gear also available for... Your perusal, um, foxhead.com. Thanks for uh, listening. Appreciate it. My name's Steve Mathis, of course. With me on the line, my boss at RacerX Online, the voice of American Motocross, the voice of Quads, the voice of GNCC, the voice of Endurocross, Jason Wygant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, bro? Dude, we're in New Jersey. Oh, you're there? You're back there already? No, wait. No, you're home. No, we we were in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. That's correct. Yes. We were. Yeah, you loved it. You loved it. God, the... Well, the f- they rolled it all out, man. We had Bear Dog honored. I, I don't understand. Like, I feel like... Shouldn't Legends and Heroes have just had him first, like the very first rider that they honored when they started doing this? Uh, That's why I feel yeah. about it. No, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, yeah. When, when do Legends and Heroes... And they do a really cool thing. They honor these guys. Uh, I wish they did it when there was actually people in the stadium. That'd be probably a good idea, but um, it's an awesome idea, and it's great. When do they run out of riders, though? Because they kind of pick a regional guy at each race, right? Like, I swear I've seen Glover honored three times. Well, I think, actually, it's based on who happens to be there so they don't have to pay for a plane ticket. I think it's really what it comes down to. <laughs> Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, Danny Storbeck. <laughs> um, you made a great point, though. So, yeah, the legend and heroes thing, and for people that don't know, they pick a legend and hero, or both. I don't know if you can be one or the other. Barry's but, both. Uh, yeah, Barry's both. Barry's both. Some may be one or the other. I'm not sure. But, yeah, they do that, I think, at 6 p.m., something like that. Yeah. A half hour yeah. before the, the, the opening ceremony begins. Meanwhile, let's be honest, some of the halftime and intermission entertainment at Supercross is unbelievably bad. Yeah. You can just do the five-minute thing then. Do yeah. it after yeah. the 250 yeah. LCQ. It would be great. I've, I've asked Prater this. I've said this to powers that be. Like, I, I don't get why... Yeah, we got to have, you know, it doesn't take long. And, and if you really, truly want to honor the guy, then, you know, his family and friends, you're like, yeah, come at six when there's like yeah. 2,000 people in the, in, the, uh, in the stadium, you know? Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand that. But another thing that. You guys are, you guys are missing the point. It's, it's about money. Like, those spots are all sold for a lot of money. So. No, but you, I, know, I know that's not the convenient answer or the one people want to hear, but that's the real answer. No, you can squeeze in a five-minute legend and hero at, well, I, at some point. Okay, like, maybe you can, but I'd clearly, you know, I, I would think maybe they would say they can't. But they should. 
it would be better. They, Legends and Heroes gets money from Feld. That is not that is not something that that guy puts out of his own pocket. That's Feld. No, I'm saying Feld gets money from yeah, Toyota. So I, no, I understand. Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah, I understand. But squeeze in five minutes for somebody that you something you already pay for a little bit. Okay, well, so, pass, pass that along. I have. So I have. I have. Okay, well, I'm sure it was met with a lot Thank of, you. you know, very receptively. Thank you for your contradiction. We love having Jason Thomas on the show for contradicting everything. Well, I just disagree. I, I think we understand, JT, Weege and I understand that those spots are paid for. I don't think that they really think Barsha and someone else with putting Barsha's gear on and Phil's gear on and running back and forth to Toyota trucks is something that they were like, you know, that'd be really exciting. Of course it's paid for. No, I know. I'm just saying you're mis- you're not stating the obvious, though. Well, you're I, not saying like, well, we get you know that that's the reason. I, I didn't. I don't feel like you oh, mentioned thank, that. Thank that's you. Thing. I wasn't sure. I thought that they thought that it was better. I, Steve, I understand that maybe you knew, but it's not. This isn't just a conversation of three of us. There are a lot of people listening that maybe they don't know that. Well, legends and heroes should be made. There should be five minutes. Literally, that's about what it takes. Five minutes. Um, they actually do weed, don't they? Do. In the middle of the night show for the Anaheims, they give away a Mickey Thompson award, right? Or or a C.E. Altman award or something? I notice it's at every year at Anaheim, somebody gets it in the night show. I'm not sure just how they... one, yeah, yeah. Just one. Yeah, one race. Yep. So, so they make why time. Did, why did... Uh, sorry, Steve, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, why don't they do that anymore at the Houston... Remember when they used to have, like, the, the memorial, oh, the like, section at Houston? Yes. Like, they would have the C.E. Altman jump or whatever. Yeah, they um, th- that that would cost money. They have to buy more dirt because that thing was always a massive <laughs> mound of dirt. It was always right. a huge. No, I just I always wondered that like what happened to that. It just seemed like it just went away without well, any, you know. Weed, your your we talked about Barry Karsten. Uh, did you see it or no? Did you? No, of course not. Okay, it's yeah, like, yeah. No, we. I mean, I was in the pits talking to people. Like, it's just so incredibly inconvenient. Uh, actually, the, the wind was out of the sails as soon as you and I, we went over to the Legends Hero tent because they said they had one of Barry's old bikes over there. And it was clearly like some random dude's 2004 RM250 that they stuck the number 31 on. Like, it was not Barry's bike. No, no. It was yeah. not Barry's bike. And then, I, and then I asked him if it was his, and he goes, no, everybody said, it's way too clean to be my bike. I'm like, that's a fair point. Uh, oh, you saw Barry? Oh, yeah, he was in the press box. Oh, I okay. I him, too. No. Yeah, he was in the press box. He said he rode. He said he was thinking of busting out the triple with his. He he wore his uh, MSR gear, but no helmet. And he's still thinking of jumping the triple, and he's considering just racing the event next year. That's what I was going to say. Who told us that, or did you just? Did you? Somebody told us that beforehand, and I asked him. And I don't know if he's serious or kidding or what. I have no idea. Barry might ride East Rutherford Supercross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. Honestly, there's 45 guys on the line. Barry couldn't beat five dudes to make the night show. I mean, just on 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 veteran experience alone, like because you know some dudes are just cartwheeling, and you know, you know what I mean. Don't you feel like Barry could just stick to the insides? You know, be put in consistent laps, shorten. Are they, they going to give him his 450 license just grandfathered in? I mean, he's what 50 years old now. I thought it would be. Too, I assume 250F. I don't know. Well, the 250 guys, I feel like there's more There's more 250 guys than 45. That's for sure. I assume 250s for Barry. But maybe. He's, he could be big. He's well, used to big boars. He's used to bigger bikes, bigger bigger CCs. Are you assuming 250 class and a 250cc motorcycle? Or? No, I'm assuming 250F and 250 class. Perhaps 
maybe a 267 in honor. It's tougher. It's tougher to make the 250 class night show. Much tougher than the 450. So well, okay. Then just I think if we want him in the night show, we need to try to get him into and and literally grandfather him in to the 450 class. <laughs> I feel like grandfather to be grandfathered in something. <laughs> honestly, honestly, like. Again, Vicky Golden has been making attempts at it. She's not far off. She's made some night shows. I feel like watching Vicky, nothing against her. Barry was on the podium, 125 Supercross, once, twice. I don't know. Um, I, I don't believe that Vicky has like legitimately made it. Absolutely, I don't, she I has. Don't believe yes, she has. Absolutely, she's absolutely beat dudes and made it into the night show, without a doubt. So I feel like that could be Barry's level. So, what do you think, Weege? I think he's going to go for the win. I mean, if he's in there, I think he could win it. That's what I think. We were talking to Chris Wheeler, who's now a, a big boss at Suzuki. He's graduated. And we said, if you need any parts, Wheeler, for Suzuki's, go raid Barry's garage. <laughs> go in the Barry's garage. You know, you're, you're close by. You're not far. And, uh, and get some parts back. I feel like Barry, Barry's garage must be like, just a, more stock than half the Suzuki dealers in the country. That's true. Yep. Uh, Weege, uh, so um, the new Racer X uh, magazine is out, or it's coming out? Uh, I think it'll be out in a week. They just finished it, uh, you know, midweek last week. I guess Friday, actually, so it takes about a week or so to print. Who's, on, who's on the cover? Uh, I don't know if I can give that away. I mean, oh. he just won a Supercross title, but I don't want to give it away. Okay, he just won a Supercross style. Got it. Um, yeah, yeah, in fact, I think they even gave us like an extra. I think they let us print it today just to make sure that it didn't get um, so messed dis- up. Disaster but, didn't strike. <laughs> yeah, 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 because I was supposed to write something about it uh, <laughs> last Monday when we thought he was going to win the title, uh, and we got a we got an extra week reprieve. But by the way, when this one comes out, you folks should subscribe right now because this has the Austin Stroop story. The Austin Stroop story. Not just a story about Austin Stroop, but the whole story of all the shit he took and put in his body and how many times he got arrested and what he got arrested for and what comes next. That is literally um, in this issue coming out. Did I don't know how B.J. Smith got this information, but he got it all. Yeah, did B.J. get the latest issue that Austin had? Um did he, did he Yeah, that's pr- it. The yeah. only thing we didn't get was he literally went to court, uh, I think, last uh, August, or April 26th, whatever day that would have been, last Wednesday. Right. Um, so I don't know what the outcome of that was, but the arrest that he had a month or so ago, uh, yeah, that was in there, and Austin even talked about it, how that happened and why he got caught, and et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Uh, RacerXOnline.com forward slash subscribe. Check it out. You will not see the Austin Street story on the web. You will only be able to read it if you subscribe but, to the magazine. But, Weege, I already read racing coverage. Why do I need the magazine? I already know how the races are going. I know, but if you want to know how many pills Austin Stroop took in 2008 before Supercross, here you go. And and, and everything else. Dude, it's pretty bad when you just roll it out. Here's 2,000 words of how his last five years went. Like when you just, the hits keep on coming back to back to back. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, yeah, it's true. So, so, I mean, come on. Yeah, so people, um, people need to uh, really subscribe. That's what they need to do. It's only like 20 bucks a year. If you don't subscribe, we're going to stop doing these podcasts. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That's how. That's what. That's what we'll do. We'll stop doing the podcast. Um, JT, the 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 race in East Rutherford. Uh, 
AMA Sheets call it East Rutherford, by the way. The Racer X, we called it New Jersey. And some people were calling it New York. So, Yeah, I think I wrote it East Rutherford. I don't, I don't know what to call it. I The Foxborough thing, I was still stuck on the Foxborough thing. Where to go with that one? How do you spell Foxborough? So uh, I was in no way prepared to take on the New, New York, New Jersey, East Rutherford uh, trifecta question. Well, Weege is from Jersey, so there's no doubt, Weege, that when this stadium, the stadium is in East Rutherford, there's no doubt that there was some sort of massive like tax breaks given or something, but you have to call it East Rutherford. Like you can't just call it New Jersey, right? Like it, cause it's the suburb of Jersey, the town uh, or whatever that is. No, I don't know if that's true. I think they oh, okay. just, the state was, the state was pumped to, let's be honest. That's the problem with New York city. It's so big and so expensive. It's so crammed that they can't, they could not put a new stadium. They tried for like 15 years to figure out how to get a football stadium in uh, there's a big convention center in New York, and they were trying to figure out a way to get it there. But it's just, I mean, it cost a million dollars to buy a one-room apartment in Manhattan. Building a stadium there, really hard. Now, where you stayed over the water in New Jersey, as you can see, that land is not quite as valuable. Maybe you've, <laughs> maybe you noticed it's not quite as swank. Um, and where that stadium was built, I think, was actually swampland at one time. So it just was a lot easier to start building stadiums there than they built a new one. This one's probably five years old in the same spot. So... I think it was in New Jersey. I don't know if it was an East Rutherford thing as much as it was. This is the best spot we have, and it's right across the river from Manhattan. So here it is. In other words, East Rutherford isn't like a town that anyone's heard of. It just happened to be the best spot to put this stadium. So in my mind, I just call it New Jersey because you can't call it New York because it's not in New York. And no one on earth is like East Rutherford. What the heck is that? I've never well, heard of that place. I don't understand. There's tons of room in New York. Uh, there's this massive park right there. Oh. Right there. Oh, Supercross in Central, maybe a national. No, 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 no. Knock trees out and all that shit and build a stadium. There we go. Boom. I just solved everyone's problems. People (laughs) would be pumped on that. People would love that, right? Yeah, we're knocking down Central Park, everybody. We're going to put an NFL stadium, and we're going to fund the the billionaire owner so we can help him build it. Yeah. So, um, um, I want to ask you guys, the first two races, the first two years we had this race, you know, basically in the New York City area, every industry guy suddenly needed to go to this. You know, they need to check in on their riders, check in on their logos, on the jerseys. Everybody, everybody came to New York City. <laughs> right. Suddenly, the next to last round became the most popular round for industry guys. Did you get the same vibe this time, or three years in, is that starting to fade a little bit? JT? I thought it was cool. I, you know, it's not as exciting as the first year, uh, but I, I think it's an absolute staple of the series. I, I just, I really like the event. I love having Manhattan right there. Yeah, yes, it is a pain in the butt to get in and out of the city. I, I understand all that, but to have a Supercross uh, with that kind of medium that close by, uh, I think it's, I think it's kind of a must as long as we can continue to. Uh, make it viable you know we go to cities where it really doesn't make a lot of sense um, to have races I don't think at at times you know I I could see arguments against them Um, so to to if we were ever going to replace MetLife with another event I I think it would be you know foolish when you when you look at all of the upside of of that race in particular I'd like to see um, it's supposed to be the last race right that's the, the rumor it's always the rumor I don't like to see that I'd like to see that happen I really would so. Whoa, instead of Vegas, really? Yeah, yeah that's, that's been the rumor. And um, Yeah, Vegas is going away here, uh, either next year or the year after. 
as the finale or off altogether? I think it's going away. I think it's going Whoa. away. Well, it's not a great stadium. It's not a great stadium. And, you know, they only can sell so many tickets. So, um, That Monster Cup, what happened to that? That's gone too? I think that would stay. I would imagine. I haven't heard. I haven't heard the Vegas thing. That's JT. Wow. Well, I, uh, and I can't confirm that it's going away permanently, but it's definitely not going to be the finale at minimum. I I feel I like the New York thing has lost a little bit of momentum, but only because like remember a couple. I think the first year and maybe last year they brought the guys in to ring the stock bell and do some media, and Dungey was in a subway station riding a bike or something. I don't know, whatever it was, and I didn't feel like this year we saw any of that. Um, so maybe the Fell right. folks weren't focusing on, you know, oh, we're in the media capital of the world or whatever. So, um, yeah, but this Foxborough thing, I think they put a lot of effort into that. And yeah. that, I, there's no doubt looking at the crowd. It literally did, I think, split the two events and a half crowd-wise. You think? Yeah. It was not nearly as good this Saturday night here in New Jersey than it was the first two years. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I never really... You don't think so? Yeah. Um, oh, a big drop-off. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I thought the crowd was much bigger about the same the first two years and then way off okay. this year, I feel. Right. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah, it, it just didn't seem like the media was, uh, the media that the Feld folks did was as much as in years past. That's all. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know, you know. So we had Gronk last week in Boston. I mean, that's, that's mm. massive, Gronk. So, um, all right, let's talk about um, the race itself. Uh, JT, the I don't know if I've seen – Many tracks with just one right-hand turn or one left-hand turn, and uh, this one just had one right-hand turn. Is you ever? Do you remember ever seeing that again? No, I'm sure it's happened, but it was uh, it was definitely surprising to see. Even on the track map, I was like, man, they make a lot of left turns. And then uh, you you know uh, at press day after press day, those guys rode, and I talked to him after, and they were like, man, it just you feel like you're it's almost NASCAR. You just left, 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 left. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was by design or just, you know, happenstance or whatever, but definitely kind of unique, I think. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I was really thinking like, have I ever seen, seen this before? And yeah, it was just the way it worked out, but only one right-hand turn and it was after the whoops. So did you guys see the, um, video I tagged you on Instagram with Weege and JT, uh, Greco, Josh Greco yeah. went yeah, over did, the yeah. wall into the, doubled the wall off the wall, uh, out of, out of the sandwich. I mean, he did it. You, uh, know, you can he, tag someone on Instagram. I didn't even know this. <laughs> yeah, you can. Wow. Anyway, it's good. Good job by him. He's the only guy I've seen do that. Um, I saw Anderson try to go from the last sand whip onto the top of the wall. He was trying that pretty hard and casing it and stuff. But props to Greco for doing that. That was pretty cool. I mean, I, I imagine the track was, you know, pretty sweet when he did that. You know, pretty uh, groomed and everything else. Because a couple guys told me about there was a massive hole in that wall at the top. You know, from guys just breaking and then hitting the accelerator. So, um, Roxon was great. 19 second win, Weege. The biggest win all year by anybody in that in the 450 class. I didn't check 250s, but I checked 450s. Um, he was great. He, he killed it. Like, amazing. Yeah, I actually went down to the floor to watch the two main events, which was awesome because I got to watch them alongside my old cohort, Jim Hollywood Holly. We just stood on the podium watching them and, uh, it rocks him so far ahead, it was almost like he was a lapper. Like, if you were just on the floor, like, a guy would go by by himself, and then this pack would go by. And you're like, oh, that other guy must not even be – he must be. He's half a track behind. But he was actually – no, he was 20 seconds ahead. Yeah, yeah. It, so, was, uh, it was nuts. 
And they really didn't show him much in. Uh, they really didn't show him much in um, in TV. And I guess yeah, I can't complain. One thing I noticed from the floor, by the way, was um, so where the podium was was behind the start street. So you hear them coming by and kind of flat tracking through there. And Roxham would come around that turn at about twelve hundred RPM. I mean, you're like this guy doesn't even look like he's trying, but that's the classic. He was probably going faster that way. He had to have been a gear taller than everybody else through that section. Yeah. Well, does this? Do you think this means anything for outdoors? Weech? I think so. I mean, are we gonna like he? You know, he started off slow last year. He had the back injury, and, and then he came on a little. But it took a while for him to get going. And this year, he started pretty slow in Supercross. It, slow is a relative term, of course. I mean, he's got a this this Dungey guy is just a machine. He's just a a machine. Good starting. In shape, fast machine. He can't. He can't get off to a crappy start. Just can't do it. Weech. Do we lose JT? I don't know. I'm here. He oh. was talking to you though. Oh, I was. Oh, I, okay. I have to weigh in all this. No, I agree. Dungeon's a machine. You cannot bet against him. But absolutely, Rockstar's coming in with a head of steam. He made huge progress with the bike. He told me after the race he didn't even ride Supercross this week. He did all outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. He feels really strong and fit, and I have to say that, I mean, any of these battles he's have a dungeon the last few weeks, he's gone down to the last lap. The guy's in shape. So he's yeah, he... got a lot more on his side than he did a year ago. I mean, this is going to be – you just can't imagine that he's going to get his doors blown off and, and the dungeon's going to wrap the title up early outdoors if Roxanne stays healthy. He just is on it right now. One thing I, 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 I hear from him in just our talks here and there is he is tired of people talking about Alden Baker and him leaving Alden Baker and him never being the same and everything else. He he's heard you JT, he's heard everybody talking about this stuff and he he's he wants to show everybody and and you know, good for him. So far he has although he does not have that that number 1 plate on the wall. But I'd agree with you, Weech. he looks great. He looks fantastic. So um, you know, this is something that he really really wants to show people. And that'll be it. That'll that's the bottom line is you could just point to the scoreboard, and so far he hasn't been able to get it done. You know, great rides, but yeah, and I'm sure he has heard me, and I'm fine with it. I would, I would talk to him about it, and you know, I've seen him, and he hasn't been as warm to me as he used to. So maybe he's mad about that. I don't know, but if he is, you know, I, I, I don't feel that there's a reason to be mad at me. It's just an opinion. I, I think Kenny is one of the you know greatest talents in this sport. I just you know until he goes out and wins a title, people are always going to ask that question. If it's not me, it's going to be somebody else, you know? So uh, I think his last two two races have, have shown he's certainly capable, but the question that I still have is you have to be at that level for 17, you know, 17 weeks. It just can't be at the very end, and that, you know, it's just not going to be good enough, you know? It, we've seen that. He's still 36 points down with one week to go, so... He's got another chance here in uh, what three weeks, a little less than three weeks, to to turn it back to zero and and make it happen. So he's got to be he's got to be thinking about that and very happy with where he is. But at the same time, it's just another well, another you know series that he's come up just a tiny bit short. Well, yeah, no, he's got five wins. He's riding great. But in the end of the day, Dungey's like, yep, uh, the check's coming to me. I got the number one plate. You know, right? So. And that, that's what I'm saying. So it bums me out a little bit to hear you know if Kenny is mad or whatever, but. 
hey, man, like, like you just said, all you have to do is prove everybody wrong. You know, it's not like we're all very objective to this. I don't have any vested interest in any of this. You know, I'm just basically going off of what I see and looking at the results column. So um, well, hopefully, there, he can, that's the, yeah. hopefully he can. What's that? Hopefully he just, you know, yeah. I, these guys, and, and I'll talk about Tomac in a second, like, show us, you know. Yeah, that's so, all. That's it's, all it comes down it's, to. It's one of all we're doing is reporting on what we see. He's, that's all uh, you can go off of. But I know it bugs him, and I know he hears it from everybody, and probably vital guys and dudes on his Instagram. Well, more. No, I would think Kenny would hear it on his Instagram. That's where he would hear it at. You're not the same. You should have never left Baker. You know, blah blah blah. So that's where he would probably hear a lot of it. Us, but he's he's determined to show that that was uh, no big deal, and he knows what he's doing. So hey, and and when you make a decision like that, when you decide to leave that program and the success that that program's had, you've got to know that's coming. You have to expect that, you know. that No one's ever walked away from that program other than James. And it just been, you know, and James, obviously, we didn't see much success from him afterwards. So no one's really ever left and succeeded. So I'm sure that drives him, and it should. Talk about uh, riders who are upset, uh, JT. Unless he's a little upset when I was saying he should be penalized. For last yeah, week. he was uh, – I talked to him, and, and I don't know if – he just—he was a little frustrated, I think. Yeah, but and I did not see this. I didn't see the incident live. I didn't see it on video. I didn't see any of it. So, I took you at your word. I was taking him at his word, and and trying to stay objective in all of it, um, because I I obviously know you've been around the sport forever, and you know what you're talking about. So I trusted you. Uh, then Mike was basically painting a different picture. Uh, obviously, from the pictures you posted Dude. on uh, Twitter and Instagram, you know you have a valid case. But he was definitely not pleased. Uh, he said that he didn't have time to check up from the time he saw the lights and the AMA agreed with him. And that's why there was no penalty, uh, handed out and they didn't do anything about it was because he was in the right. So, Just, yeah. I, and then, and I don't don't, don't want to talk so much about Mike and all that, but the screenshots I showed the video, I saw everything else. I saw it live. Mike had plenty of time to check up and, and, and he didn't and whatever that who cares about two places in Boston, you know, uh, super cost, but the point I was tr- point I'm making is like the AMA and the FIM. They're just like, oh god, like this is what drives people nuts. Like there was yeah, it, basic if video. Indeed, if indeed you were, you know, your your point is correct, then it's br- so brutal. No, for and, what and, they did to Dungeon. Yeah, and RCH brings it to the FIM, and the FIM just goes, nah, nah, now we're you know, no. And I'm just like, what do you? Wa-? I watched the video. I watched it live. I, I screenshotted the video. He had more than enough time to check up, and he should have been docked two places. Just what we've seen from uh, all these other guys this year, and there's nothing is done. And the AMA FIM tell tell Kyle Bentley at RCH to basically beat it. It's like no if wonder. I was, no if I was wonder. Ryan Dungey, I would be retweeting and reposting your your posts every thirty seconds. I really would. It's- I would be still be so bitter. From uh, oh, Detroit, it's just so stupid. Like this yeah. is what drives. And I people think that nuts. gets lost. I think your point gets lost that it's really not about Mike; it's about the inconsistency. No, exactly. Like, and, and what we talked about when Dungey got penalized, everyone's going to be filming because it was such a joke. And but okay, all right, cool. We're going to go that way. Great. Everybody is filming. And then when a team has a legitimate case, and this is so legitimate, Mike was in the berm when the lights were on. The guy right behind Mike, the cat. Did not triple. Totally checked up, and he was two feet behind Mike. So, I just I, I, this is an example of something I want to talk about. Where no wonder why these teams just go, "What the f?" You know, it just happens yeah. week after week where they go, "Come on, man." So, anyways, uh, Weege, 
is Eli Tomac fixed? Well, I think we said last week if he could do this one more time. We did. We would. We did. Yeah. So I, I think at this point you've got to believe. And by the way, uh, it was a really strong ride because he he had the fastest lap in his heat, but he didn't qualify through the heat. He had to go to the semi, and the way that start was, uh, that was imperative to have a good gate with that short start and the, the left-hander. So he was had a bad gate, bad start, and still came all the way through. Um, I feel – I mean, it's going to be – I'm not here just shilling for the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. Oh, no, here, 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 here we go. Here we go. Let's be honest. Tomac and Rockstar are hitting their stride at just the right time for this. And like I said, you can't bet against Nungi, absolutely not. But – these two are going to be bringing some heat. I mean, they're definitely hitting their stride. This is going to be exciting. Tom, the way Tomac went, caught Sealy Dungey Brayton, and then said, see you later, got all by yeah. all of them on a track that was tough, and then checked out, and he ended up beating Sealy by only three seconds, but it probably could have been more. He was very encouraging if you're Cowie and Eli and John Tomac and everybody else. Like, it was, it was like, see you later. I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not sold yet. I, I'm not oh as old as you guys are. Oh, Jesus. No, Here no, no, go. no. I'll tell you why. I want to see him do it on a track like Vegas. I want to see him do it on a track that's like Anaheim, that's like Vegas, that's, you know, that, that style of track. Because I think he excels on the two tracks. We just, we just watched him do very well on two tracks that fit his, his skill set. That's his strength. So, yes, it was awesome. He rode awesome. He rode great. He should be happy. Um, yeah, he, he obviously, you know, Kenny was gone, but I, I think looking at the season as a whole, those were great rides for him. I just want to see it on a track like Las Vegas. And if he does it, then I, I am 100% with you guys and saying, yep, everything's good. He's finally got things figured out. But if he goes out this weekend and isn't that same guy, then where are we? You know, I, I know it won't matter. We're going to Hangtown and probably everything switches, but I still, you know, won't be convinced that when we roll into Anaheim in 2017 that he's just ready to win, you know, because I, I still haven't seen that performance on that kind of track yet. Well, yeah, I mean, I we guess we'll see. But, I mean, he doesn't have to win Vegas. He just has to ride well, you know. No, I just want to yeah. see that, that guy again, you know, the guy that's moving through everyone and clearly one of the top three best guys on the track. That's all. Weech, how many titles does this make for Dunge? Three outdoors, four, four outdoors, three soupies. Uh, yeah, four. Right, so you got three in the four fifties, ten, twelve, and last year outdoors. That's three. Then a two fifty is four. Yeah, so seven. Seven titles. Yeah, if you don't, and I know everyone's saying, but he won a regional Supercross title. Well, no, yeah. traditionally those don't count. I'm not sure if they count now. I mean, they count for national points. No, they don't count numbers. So no, they, don't they don't count. count. I'm not sure anymore. Not sure. Well, when you start talking about like six time and seven, you know, I, I've never heard it count. I, I agree they never have counted, but they didn't count for national numbers either at one time. So somebody's going to hit us up on Twitter and say that's ridiculous. Of course it counts. Well, Especially, no. you know, they can hit Mookie's them- going to be one time or something. They can, uh, after, like they, after they hit us up on Twitter, they can hit themselves right in the head. 250 points as a national number is the biggest farce in the sport right now. It's a national number, not a regional number. That's, that's all I really need to say about it right there. Oh, it's, I, I agree. It's incredible. You're, you're and and, and the, the most incredible part was Steve Whitelock wasn't involved in that decision. You know what I mean? Like that was no, that, that was a that was a ploy. Well, I shouldn't say ploy. That was a request by the 250 teams. Yeah. Nothing more. Yeah. 
Next, they'll be requesting that perhaps the, the purse is a million dollars for the two fifties. We would like that also, please. <laughs> I'm actually in favor of that. Go for it. Uh, what do you think, Weesh, for Dungy's all-time spot here? He's second in all-time outdoor wins, right? Four for the outdoor wins. He's yeah. He's yep. uh, top. Five, he's fifth all-time Supercross wins, right? He's, yes. There's uh, McGrath, Ricky, James. I think he's sixth. Or no, McGrath, James, Chad, Ricky, Dunge, right? Yeah. So Filipoto, bro. Filipoto has more than Dunge indoors. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Okay, well, I just figured these Ricky, last... Ricky has more than Chad, right? No. Chad and wins? James... I think Chad and James are past him in Supercross, career Supercross wins. We can look this I think up. They are, yeah. I think... Oh, really? I thought... Uh, oh, may, okay, maybe so. Go ahead and talk. I'm going to look this up. Yeah, look this up. See, the thing about Dungey, just have to remind, just on the Supercross wins, it's only the last two that he really became like a huge winning machine uh, indoors. He won a lot of nationals, but... I know, yeah, I he's still... Not quite I still would have thought that would have put. I still would have put him ahead. Of yet. I would have thought I mean, that would have put him ahead, though. Yeah, the last yeah, two years. But, but I mean, Villapoto was think, like ten, nine to ten a year for four years. You know, if, you, if, uh, if James had been able to put any sort of reasonable James Stewart-like seasons together in the past six years, he would he would have passed he would have passed Jeremy. He's what twenty-one or twenty-two down. If, even if you yeah, just give him, yep. just give him four or five a year, which is that's very very doable for James Stewart and the James Stewart that we used to know. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's uh, as crazy as we think, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, he'll never catch Jeremy." It could have been so doable. I mean, it, it was it was doable. You know, there's just it's it sucks to look back and you know think of what could have been, but yeah, just it's not. Yeah, you're looking now. at since 2010, basically. Yep. He has not been able to get back to the top of the mountain. So that's seven seasons now that he has not been retired, but has produced only a handful of victories. Like seven years. Yep. So yeah, if you if right, you're think, if you're sitting there and at the you know end of 2007, and you look at what he's got and where he's headed, you're like, oh, he's going to get him for sure because he's putting together eight, nine, ten wins a season. You know, mm-hmm. and there's no sign of him slowing down. And then you're near. We're nearly a decade later, and he just it, things have completely unraveled as far as that same picture of James Stewart. I found a list, but it's super old, so I don't know. I can't. I don't understand why I can't work to Google and find it out. So, well, Villapoto hasn't won a Supercross in like two years. So, how old does his list need to be? Well, no, because it it doesn't even have. It has uh, James and Chad trailing Ricky. Ricky's got forty eight. And I know yeah, I think I think Chad's behind him. Yeah, I think Chad's at forty six. Uh, two fifty. Like here we go. Here we go. Seventy. Uh, yeah, it's uh, McGrath at seventy two at the end of twenty fifteen. McGrath at seventy two. Stu at fifty. Ricky forty eight. Chad at forty four. Um, that's the end of the. Last year, yeah, that's so, that's what I was thinking. That so was he's four back. He's four back of uh, Carmichael. Chad is, and uh, six back of Stu. I guess, yeah, yep. you know, they were really close, but maybe that last year that Stu wrote Suzuki's uh, two years ago, like before his suspension. Yeah, Stu got what two more in there that year? No, he got four. Four that year, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, four or five, and so yeah, okay, and so Dunge, Dunge has what? 
I know this is great radio. It's great pod. He's got twenty. Have we spent yeah. just thirty he's or thirty one? He's got twenty two at the end of last season. Supercross wins. Yeah, so you add nine so, this year. Thirty one. Oh eight. Oh yeah. Thank so you again. Detroit. Thank oh, you for again for Detroit. Okay, Brutal. so yeah, he's still trailing RV by by eleven then. I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm not trying okay. to knock Dunge here at all. I'm just saying, like, Dunge was winning two or three a year for quite a while. Um, this this eight or nine wins a year pace that he's on really only started last year. And, and he won a lot in ten, but Villapoto even won more than him that year, and Dunge won the title. Yeah. So Dunge has been – just don't forget, up until two years ago, Dunge's calling card was being on the podium so, every week. Okay, so what, winning eight races a year. So he's tied with RV in titles right now. Seven, right? RV has uh, seven? No, RV's got ten, doesn't he? What? RV has four, a bunch of 250 titles. Three outdoors, four and three, seven, and then he won two or three. No, he won two, two 450 outdoors, two fifty nine. Okay. So not, yeah. okay. So we're all in agreement that Villapoto's still ahead of Dungey on a Mount Rushmore. Or he has, are we? Or he, are has, we? he has yeah. every number yeah. ahead of him. Well, not outdoors, yeah. not 450 outdoors, but yes, everything else. No, yep. but I mean, I just feel like if we're making this argument because Dungey just went back to back. I mean, Villapoto had four straight right before that, so it's just hard to make the any kind of reasonable right. case for Dunge when the dude just won four in a row. How many? But, how many more years do you think Dunge races? What do you think? For, for a while, I thought the end might be near, like this ten-year plan that a lot of these guys had. Villapoto and Ricky were eerily close, and then Dunge. What did he start in? Oh uh, six. So you'd be right around there if he went to the end of next year's deal, but I'm not so sure now. I think he's, I think he's figured out an amazing way to do all this stuff and actually not hate it, which is what most of the guys end up doing. So a dangerous combination. Yeah. I don't feel. I feel like Dunge is actually happier at the races and in his life than he's ever been. Most of the guys were miserable when they were doing what he was doing. You bet, my man. You bet, my man. <laughs> Exactly. Um, what do you think, Casey? Doesn't it seem like Dunge is actually like we saw Villapoto the last two years just crumbling as a human being while he was dominating on the track? <laughs> I feel like Dunge is actually hold great on, enough. Hold on, Beach. Hold on. Crumbling as a human being. <laughs> I like it. Crumbling yeah. as a human being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he no. He light while he was winning races. That, yeah. that will be on the trailer of the Ryan Villapoto. <laughs> You know, documentary. Crumbling as a human. Austin Stroop is crumbling as a human being. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm not saying he was on the ledge in Vegas looking to commit suicide, but he was miserable as a person. So. Uh, I don't if, know. If yeah. Put, if you put okay. billions of dollars in amazing success he was having and how unhappy he was having it, that's a pretty bad juxtaposition. Like, you're dominating your craft, you're making a ton of money, you're a superstar around the world. The one thing you set your mind to do in life, you did at the very highest level. And yet you're still not even happy. That's pretty bad. But he's not really happy now either. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like he quit because I'm probably the guy that talks to him the most. I don't, and I don't yeah. have a great. Um, we're not bros, but I don't think he's happy now. He's still mother effing everybody and everything. Like he's still just the hillbilly redneck billionaire that is a millionaire. You know what I mean? I think I know what you're saying. No, I know what you yeah. mean. That it's yeah. part of his makeup and his DNA is to just be surly like that, and I get that. But at the same time, the Alden Baker program, I think he just he did it because he had to. And I don't think he yeah. liked one second of it. Yeah. And the minute that the media pressure, training, fans, all that stuff stopped, he was going to be pumped. Didn't want to do any of it. Just had to do it. But I feel like all that stuff done is just either taken in his stride or it actually made him feel better. 
oddly. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well. Come on, man. Villapoto at the end of 14, it was I just, ridiculous. I just can't go crumbling as a human being. <laughs> like I, I'm not quite there, but. To win a Super Bowl title and not even be a good dude. To, to win a Super Bowl title and not even, for that to not even make you smile. To not even be in a good mood when you're, like, literally winning the Super Bowl title like that day, that night, not even pumped. That's that's a really yes I said it's not yeah. like he's on the ledge about to commit suicide but that says a lot. It was right almost here. more of a relief that he won than he was happy. Yes, so that's a bad situation if, to be in. If Dunge wins the four of the outdoors this year, maybe he should just drop the mic. Ala Carmichael, I, I could honestly see him being done at the end of next year. The end of seventeen. Yep. That's when his deal's up, right? He's got one more year yep. in his deal, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, this list. I was, I was thinking that for sure, but now I'm. Now I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back for more. But I definitely thought that too. It uh, seems like the timing I, would I be right. I think it'll. I think it'll depend on how next year goes because I don't think he. I think with the success he's having, I don't think he's going to want to go backwards. If that makes sense. If he, if yeah. things are not going as smoothly, and he's not just the guy anymore, and Tomac ups his game, and Kenny, you know. Uh, whatever team he ends up on, there's obviously a lot of rumor going on there. If those guys come out and, you know, Ryan's just in the mix and he's not the guy anymore, I don't know how much fun it's going to be for him. So that that's kind of where I'm going with that. Yeah, I don't know. Filippoto had one more year left on his deal, and he was trying to find a way to not race. Just yeah. putting that out there. Yeah, no. It, yeah, he trying to get out of it. He actually went I to. Don't he, want to race. he went to Europe. It was so bad. <laughs> yes. Actually, yes. I'm going to give a plug to this. Never mind RacerX Online and Pulp. MXBob.com is where I found this combined list. Um, All right. And I like it because MXBob.com has the combined win total for everybody and includes 500 motocross wins, which a lot of people don't include, and it's a total joke that they don't include it. So MX Bob, good job on your list because you have 500 motocross wins in there, and Glover's got 19 of those and shoots into the top, t- shoots into 10th overall in combined AMA wins. So I like that. Good job. Good so, job, Bob. Uh, Dunge is 67. Oh no, he's passed Filippoto in career wins. So at the, yeah, he, he's got he's now fourth all time in career wins. He so he had eight. So he's at 80. He's at 75. He's 14 behind McGrath for third. Stu is second, and the GOAT is number one. Tim Ferry is – hold on. We're trying to reset the rankings. We're trying to reset the rankings of of where it's historic. Hold on. I'm trying to find Tim Ferry. Hold on. I'm sorry. How about national starts? Dude, I didn't even – oh, 73rd. Timmy is 73rd all time. Right. One ahead of Alan King. Suck it, Alan King. Um. All-time starts? I did not know that. Or I forgot that. I knew it, obviously, at some point. But I really feel like had I remembered that, I'd be dropping it every now and then. He is Tim Ferry is the all-time career starts leader in Nationals. Yeah. I believe that was because usually he would do something silly in Supercross and then be like, yep, got to get ready for outdoors. Yeah. And then pack it in and then be ready for outdoors. But LaRocco's number two, and when you count LaRocco as being the all-time Supercross win, or Supercross starts guy, good God, Mike LaRocco's got some time in. He's got some time in on this sport. 
I wanted him to dance with Mookie so bad. He uh, and and Mike's and Mike's still super happy. Everybody, he's super happy about everything. Still, the races. He is the closest uh, personality match to Travis Pastrana that I could think of. Yes, absolutely. Doppelgangers cut from the same cloth. Um, actually, though, Larocco's really funny. If you talk to him, if you actually like, yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. But oh man, he. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's like the vibe he gives off versus what he actually yeah. is like. All right, we should. It's t- fun to pretend that he's really like that. We should talk about this race some more. Um, uh, Seeley back uh, third. Great job by Seeley. Uh, rode well. Dunge fourth. Um, how much of the JT you think it's more the track versus title uh, pressure for, for Dungey's well, podium? Dungey's podium streak is over. Thirty-one straight yeah. races. Good God, almost two years. My column tomorrow kind of poses the question, and I don't, I don't have the answer. I just think it's, uh, it's an interesting combination, and it's been the last year or two here, uh, well, I guess this year and last year, of the final couple of races, especially East Rutherford, and then we saw this year at, at Foxborough, uh, the tracks aren't what I consider to be Ryan's strength. Uh, I, I think Ryan is very good at putting in picture-perfect laps on a picture-perfect track, and I think that's really, really hard for people to to defeat. Uh, but when the track is really janky and rough and ruts are changing and the lines aren't great, uh, I don't think that's his strength. I think Eli uh, rises to the surface, and obviously Kenny too, um, which I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have necessarily thought Kenny right off the bat, but he's obviously proven that the last two weekends. But a combination of the track and the pressure being on uh, to clinch this championship and not screw it up, you know, I I just think the outlook changes from where he enters the race is I've got to go win this thing and I will I will push the envelope and take chances to win, which is how I think he is in the first half of the series or so. To I just can't screw up, I can't crash out, I can't have a mechanical problem that I cause. Um, and I just think subconsciously that lowers his performance level a tiny bit as well. Yeah, well, he didn't ride as well last two weeks. There's no doubt about it. He got a little bit fortunate to keep the podium streak alive last week. Um, Anderson was kind of the better rider. Um, and this week he just um, he didn't have it, Weege. He he was just, just sort of all right. Yeah, um, I've been adamant for quite some time now that the dudes don't have the calculators on the handlebars and, like, dial it down to – 97% or 94%, they pretty much just ride. But And I feel like those three in a row that he had, uh, Santa Clara and Indy and whatnot, I think proved that he was going for it, mm-hmm. uh, even when he didn't have to. But I do think at least for sure just this weekend, I don't know about Foxborough, that might have been the track or who knows, but I do feel this weekend that it actually, maybe for the first time all year, it was more about the title or the points and the big picture. Or maybe that little bit of pressure got to him of just like, don't screw it up. I feel like it was a little bit more of the uh, the old dunge where he would be able to get to Sealy, and then when he got there, he was kind of not sure what to do with it. Uh, where we didn't see any of that hesitation this year. He was uh, really aggressive making passes most of the year. So I think this time it was like when he was side-by-side side with someone or using the line he didn't want to try to make the pass, he was all of a sudden thinking about the consequences uh, for the first time all year. So I think, yeah. I think the title this time made an impact. Brayden rode well, JT. Braden rode really well. Yeah, he did. He was, he did. Sick. He was, uh, sick. He was sick last week. We were all kind of wondering what happened. He was said he wasn't feeling it and he just kind of ran out of energy. Oh, really? Huh. I, yeah. uh, I yeah. rode with him to the track that weekend. He didn't say anything about it. But 
Uh, it's not nothing. That's nothing new for riders anyway. Um, but I, yeah, he rode well. I think you know his starts are really strong. So I think you know that's the the biggest his biggest tool is to be able to get the get the start. And if he's he's riding well, he can get out there with those guys. And it was an interesting little side note. You know, uh, those guys are all in the manager's tower: DeCoster, Forrest, everyone. Uh, and Brayton is holding off Ryan Dungey with everything he has. Uh, because, you know, that team is all about trying to get their first podium. I mean, that's their goal every single weekend is we've got to get a guy on the podium because it's never happened. So they're fighting for that third spot. And, and, you know, Forrest is in this weird spot of he wants the podium so bad, but then he, he's also, you know, they're in the, the KTM umbrella. So he's like, you, you kind of got to get out of Dungy's way here, you know. And, and obviously DeCoster stressing out because they're side by side and banging bars and everything. So it was just an interesting yeah. – uh, race within a race there is like Justin probably knows he needs to get out of Dungey's way, but at the same time, he just, he's in finally in position and fighting for that podium so hard. Yeah. He, uh, he mentioned to me after the race, he didn't really know what to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Anderson was coming. I was looking forward to Anderson Brayton getting together, but Brayton held him off, uh, from there. So, um, what else? Um, that's Sealy. Sealy. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great job. Yeah, great. That was, a, that was a brilliant ride by Celia, yeah. I thought. Yep. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, didn't if take you put money. You would ask the, every fan to put money on Will Dunn to get Celia for third. Like, how many people would have put money on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dunn will get him. Yep. So she, I mean, because Celia was coming back from injury. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, uh, like a week. did Chad have some bike problems again, JT? What's going? He slipped back at the end. I didn't. I didn't ask him. Uh, I don't know. I, his starts were good, which was uh, yeah. that was really all they were worried about all week. I know going right? into that race. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if if he had issues late in the race or what. I didn't ask him. I, I figured he probably wasn't in the best of moods. So yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to know, but I, I didn't feel like he probably wanted to answer that question either way for me. In the continuing effort to wonder what's going on, did you guys happen to notice that for 14 laps, Barsha was behind Mike Alessi and had nothing for him? Could not catch or pass Mike. Just nothing. Nothing happening over there. You guys, I don't understand. I, I, it, it, it's amazing. It, it's it's his hometown race and. I mean, you can use the excuse early on about him coming back from injury and, you know, getting used to it, but it, that that should be passed. Weed, what's the deal over there? It's bizarre. That's, that's your crew. Yeah, and he told me after Santa Clara, or sorry, Santa Clara, Foxborough, he said last week he was bummed. You know, he had that crashed into Weimer and that ruined his main event, and he felt like he finally didn't get arm pump in the main, and he's like, I could have actually done well. So I'm like, okay. So he got those first two races out of his system. The third race could have been good, and now the fourth race he'll be fine. And he keeps saying that he absolutely loves his bike. It's so much better than last year. You saw those first few laps at Anaheim. His bike dialed. Here's what I don't understand. I know he's come somewhat coming back from injury, but you're right, Steve. It's been four weeks now. Certain, like, look at what Sealy did. Like, certain guys, like, that doesn't – it just doesn't usually happen like that. Like, they don't – a guy who could win races just doesn't get 16th for four weeks in a row. Like, that doesn't usually happen, right? Well, because, even, even Marv. Marv came back after, what, two races missed? One race? He, uh, and he's fastest qualifier this week and rode well to come from the back to get seventh. Again, like we yeah. said, like, Barsha's bad races should still be in the top ten. Yes, exactly. Like, the Sealy thing is the perfect example, or Marvin. Like, especially, it's not even his first race back. I don't understand. Um, I've never seen, I don't really, can't even think of a, a parallel, especially because of, 
him not looking that good at the end of Supercross last year and then turning it around halfway through outdoors. If he had not turned it around last year outdoors, yeah. I think much more of a panic button situation like this is not working at all. Yeah. But instead it's like you still know that that Bud's Creek Red Bud bar is in there somewhere. I don't know, man. It's bizarre for sure. Um, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, which takeout was worse, Vince Freeze on um, on Benny Bloss or Nick Way on uh, Cade Clayson? Weege, what do you think? Which one was – they were both exciting. Last turn, last lap to get into qualifying. Uh, which was dirtier, yes. you think? Yes, which was dirtier. Uh, I actually think – and this is this, – I don't mean this as an insult. I actually think Waze was a little bit worse with that, but only because, I mean, Bloss, <laughs> past Freezy, he had it. And he just started to go into the whoops at Mach 8. Yeah. And nearly blow the corner. And I think at that point, it's like Freezy's just like on autopilot. Like, it is the last turn. It is a transfer spot. He just blew the corner right in front of me. I'm going to have to take you out now. I'm just going to have to take yeah. you out. Sorry. <laughs> this is just what I do. Welcome uh, to Supercross, Benny. <laughs> yeah, like a little bit more of that was on Bloss. Um, yeah. Uh, way just was doing what he had to do. Yeah, Way, I was impressed with Way for checking up in the middle of the whoops to slow to, yeah. to cut in underneath uh, of Clayson. Yeah. So, um, but you, by the way, I mean, do you really? Yeah, I have no problem with either of them, really. I mean, no, no, I don't. I don't. JT's yeah. all mad at Freeze, but yeah, whatever. Uh, I thought Nix was worse. Yeah, Nix was worse for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought Nix was yeah. worse. Um, yeah. You got it. Last turn, last lap. Almost anything goes other than breaking legs and things like that. Like, you, you got to jam it in there and, you know. Yeah, I get hit up by all these people on Twitter like, why won't the AMA ban freeze? Why won't they do anything about this? And I'm just like, you can't. I don't think you can when it's the last spot in a semi and no. it's the last turn. What do you want to – you can't penalize the guy for that. No, I agree. Um, I thought that the uh, – I thought Freeze's move on Pike was worse. Yeah. You know, like, you know, yeah. Anaheim won. So. Yeah. Exactly. That was lap two, and they were both in a transfer spot. But uh, the good news for Bloss is that he got into the main event, so that was good. Um, he's been riding pretty well, so good for good for him. Uh, Josh Grant won a semi. That was uh, nice to see for him and the Cowie guys for sure. Um, Bogle was was fast, but then he got tenth, and I'm like, oh, you know, that group of Marvin, Trey, Chad, Bogle, Pike. Pike kind of came up at the. Uh, Came out of the raw end of the deal because he was, I think he was the sixth place or seventh place guy, and uh, and then he went backwards and Bogle kind of followed him back a little bit. But they were they were really pushing. There was a, it was an intense battle for, geez, probably the last ten laps. I don't know if it made TV or not because I haven't watched totally both mains front to back, but they were good. Yeah, at the end of it, I didn't know who finished where. Like I couldn't even keep track. It's like every lap they'd come around and they were all over each other and. I had to look at the results to have any clue of where they actually finished. Because watching it, it was, like you said, it was close. The whole last 10 laps, it was pretty exciting. Bogle wasn't pumped on oh, he wasn't? Know, losing. No. Well, I mean, obviously, his standards are actually getting pretty high now. Like, 10 yeah. isn't cutting it, you yeah. know, for what he's been the last couple of weeks. Right. Um, you know, six-ish. Uh, but he said he's happy. He tried coming back. He said he tried to get Pike back, and he made a mistake. And then he tried to get Trey back and made a mistake, and that cost him. And Pike was... Um, Pike wasn't happy, shocker. <laughs> Pike, he was not happy afterwards? No? No, not happy. <laughs> I don't know if it was just me, Weege, or what, but I found these pits hard to find, to to get guys for post-race interviews. I didn't, yeah, I don't know, did you? How was it? No, I, 
You found it very good, so okay. what's the problem? Well, there we go. I don't know. I end up talking to people for a while afterwards, I guess. I should stop talking and just go, you know, just go around. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, listen to this commercial from Race Tech Suspension. Use the code PulpMX16 to save yourself money with those guys. And uh, also to Michelin. Michelin Star Cross 5. New tire. Uh, all new uh, designs and uh, great tires. And uh, great suspension company at Race Tech. So listen to this commercial, and then we'll be right back with a look at the 250s. Hey, thanks for listening to the VTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race Tech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Race Tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high performance springs. These springs are called high performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better for me you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire they cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. New York, New Jersey, East Rutherford Supercross. Uh, RacerX Online podcast. RacerXOnline.com forward slash subscribe to the magazine to get the Austin Stroop story among other things, and uh, presented by Fox, Fox Racing, foxhead.com. 
JT, go to your local dealer if you want some Fox. No, thanks. Okay. Uh, 250 class. Well, did you guys hear Mookie? Uh, did you talk to him after the race week? I waited for him. That was part of my problem. I was talking to Bowers forever because he was waiting for Mookie because they rode together. And then Mookie never came out. So, I don't know. If you Did you talk to Mookie? Yeah, I did talk to him. Uh, I, that was the advantage of going down to the floor. I talked to him as soon as the race, his race was over, like while the parade lap was going on for 450s. I mean, he was sky-high pumped. I mean, we know that he was – he kind of admitted it now. Last week, the pressure was kind of getting to him. Okay, that's where I was so, going with this. Like, he said it on the yeah. podium a couple times. He admitted pressure last week was getting to him. I mean, we heard he hurt his ankle, and, and you know, and, and I'm sure that was part of it. But he was pretty open and honest about, like, yeah, man, I was feeling it. Yeah, he said over and over that last week he was thinking about the points. He was thinking about who was behind him, which I guess means Plessinger. Uh, so he just let it go this weekend and just rode, you know, rode Mookie style. And uh, that, that class is so stacked, you could probably line up him and Davalos on any two tracks randomly, and one will win five and one will win five. But mm-hmm. that particular time, Mookie had him. You know, last week Davalos yeah. had him. So if he just rides like Mookie knows how to ride, um, is he also it was like he was just back doing that? Does he also refer to himself in the third person? I'm allowed to because I'm not him. Um, he, did not, he did not do that. JT, he rode great. He rode fantastic. Yeah, he did, and and that track was, I think, a, a good track for him. Not so much the conditions, but the whoops. He was just killing those guys. The dragon back, the, the dragon back, oh, and the whoops. See, see ya. Yeah, and you know, anytime the. You could see everyone really, really taking their time and picking their way to get into the whoops, and he was just, nope, just reckless abandon on his entry speed. And then on the Dragons back, too, I mean, he was making half a second just on the Dragon back alone over those guys. So I think it made his life very easy. Uh, He could almost just kind of cruise. I don't want to say cruise, but he didn't have to take big chances on the rest of the track because he would gain so much time in the whoops. Yeah, that Dragon back was – that was – Probably half a second a lap. He was yep. so good in that. And uh, but yeah, like you but, said, it was also totally in control, like yes. not sketchy at all. No, just killing him. Yeah, killing was, him there. It was great. I told you, JT, earlier in the day that I thought it was a Marty track um, because it was a little technical. You know, um, he rode well too. You know, he just he stuck behind Mookie for most of the way. God, he's got to be. Yeah, he did. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, he rode really well. I was uh, I was pretty happy with his ride. I, I thought Jeremy Martin was going to come get him. But he he really never faltered at all, and nope. uh, you know Mookie stretched down on him a bit. But after after Davalos's crash in practice, I didn't think he was going to race at all. So uh, to come back from that crash where he could barely stand up, from what I was watching, to a strong second place finish, that, that was well, really impressive. And then uh, did you notice Mookie, uh, not Mookie, uh, Martin, almost dying off the dragon back a few times, like in practice and in a heat race and everything else? Just nose. Yeah, he had some like calls, oh, no doubt. You know what I mean? So it wasn't surprising in the main to see him just jump in and jump out. You know what I mean? Just kind of take his time, like you said. And and, and, and Mookie was just like, no, I'm not taking time. But right, Martin right. had almost and, had some close ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, you know, these races come down to small, subtle things like corner speed and uh, things that just the average casual fan that doesn't know a lot about the sport would never know or never see. This weekend was pretty glaringly obvious you know, why, uh, why Mookie was running away. I mean, you could just watch him be like, holy cow, he's yeah. faster there. He's faster there, you know, so um, impressive. Weege, I, I've gone on of this rant a few times about RV and stuff, but Plessinger won the heat, passed Bowers in the last turn, like Way and, and, uh, and Freeze, although not nearly as dirty. It was a nice pass. But 
Plessinger wins a heat. He had second pick of the night, and he goes inside of Mookie, one inside of Mookie, and it's just a boomer. Like, the, the backside of the berm was probably basically right there for him. You know what I mean? Like, if he did not get the jump, and he didn't, Mookie moved over, and it was over. Like, why? I didn't like his starting spot. I'm going to write about that in my column a little bit. Like, don't do that. Don't go right there. Like, go right on the – go next to Mookie, if anything else, which he didn't. He probably want, didn't want to do that. But it was such a spot where – you were either effed or you were coming out ahead, and he got effed. Yeah, but the thing that we always miss is we're looking at their guard, their gate position from 300 feet away in the press box, and I feel like constantly the riders are telling me it's more about, you know, as RJ once said, the great Rick Johnson, condition over position. I feel like more more than half the time the, the, the gate selection is based on something they see 10 feet in front of the gate that we can't see, a rock, a well, rut. Well, he uh, had this. Like well, he had the second pick, so he had his run at it. You know, I, I know what you're saying. I agree with you, but he had the second right, pick. He so might have said mm, the gate next to Mookie on his right is okay. Well, then go, uh, a better position, but I, it's all jacked up. Okay, well then, like then go to the left of Mookie, or go to to the like. It's just like he was almost facing that berm. He was basically into that backside of that berm right there. Oh, you're not saying he was next to me. He wasn't immediately inside of Mookie. He was several gates down. About him. one gate. There was one guy in between him and Mookie, and and literally the guy inside of the guy inside of Plessinger was, you know, somebody who had a bad gate pick, like someone that. Yeah. The guy next to Plessinger was probably like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta start here. You know what I mean, JT? You've yeah. been in that position. So yep. I just. I didn't like that at all. I know what you're saying, Weed. You're absolutely right. And and, th- and people don't realize that in front of the gate, it, sometimes it is jacked, you know. But um, I didn't like that spot, and it didn't work out. And they out. might automatically just thought, oh, well, Mookie's the guy we're battling for the title. Just always line up inside of him. Just yeah, just, uh, off, you know, inside of the outside. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I, I thought it was a curious pick being second pick of the of the main event. So. Uh, he and yep. he he just got a bad start. He wrote okay, JT. He just didn't. He moved up, but not as much as he needed to. This Plessinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. You know, he came in. He came in to especially Foxborough, and then this weekend, I'm, he really had a chance to take over the momentum of this thing. And I mean, his heat race was phenomenal. I mean, just unbelievably impressive. And then the main event, I just didn't see that magic again. Uh, he wrote okay. You know, I'm, I'm not bagging on him by any means, but he didn't have the magic he did in that heat race. And, and unfortunately, he, that's what he needed. He needed to go out and, <clears throat> for the way Mookie was riding, he needed to go win the race. And that would he have did, taken yeah. three points out of Mookie again, uh, and it would have cut it down to two points going into Vegas, which pff, two points of Vegas with both coasts in there, that's anybody's race. So it's not over, uh, but, man, Nothing he, he is really over. missed an opportunity. Weej, I'm surprised. Like, we're going into Vegas. We knew Cooper was dominant. We're not surprised. Um, he has a 16-point lead. But Mookie's now got a 14-point lead. Like, just two weeks ago, it was like, oh, man, Mookie's doing Mookie things. It's one point, you know? Yep. And Well, I think what's good about this is this East has been so wild and wide open, and there's, there could have been so many what-ifs. You know, what if Jay Marseille didn't break his – Bar mounts, and what if uh, Davos had not had visa problems? What if Justin? What if Justin Hill stayed upright? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like overall, if you look at how Mookie has written, and now it's reflecting the points, I don't think you can really argue that in general he's been the best guy. Um, you know, from the very first practices in Atlanta, 
uh, through now, I think if you stir that all up, I mean, Davalos, for example, is behind 30 points. So it's not even like that you can just take, if you just had race Toronto, uh, um, everyone has had their shot, Mookie included. And hey, he had a bad yeah. race at Foxborough and he still got third and then he won this one. So yeah. I think in general, Mookie ended up being the best guy. So I think it's good. You really won't, if, if he holds on to win, I don't think you can really second guess it with all those other things because they, they all had their chance. Yeah. Except two- maybe he'll. Mookie, yeah. Mookie had two wins. Davos has two wins. Jamar has two wins. So, yeah, they had their chances. He 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 gave them opportunities, and his honestly, he crashed three times and, and was at St. Louis. He got eighth. That's not even that bad. Those yeah. guys would have killed for an eighth on their bad nights. Yeah, he yeah, was good. he was he was good. He was yeah. really good. So yeah, it should be Although interesting to see. Math, man. 14 points is only, he still has to, if Plessinger wins, and that's a huge if. That's a big if. That's a big that's if. That's a big if. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's stamping, well, you know, Aaron's going to go out and win it for sure. Like, I don't think anyone can go to that level. Uh, he just got two fifths with just these guys. I mean, but he could win it. But anyway, if 14 points is only a ninth, uh, Mookie has to finish ninth if Plessinger wins. I mean, that's not. Yeah, with a combined coast, stupid. yeah, that is not a lock. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be interesting to see. I don't. I'd like Webb to win Vegas, except now his wrist is jacked up, and depending on who you ask, it's either horrible, terrible injury, or it's not that big of a deal. So, yeah, he's either. Think about. I don't. Yeah, I have a feeling that Vegas will be okay for him. I don't know about winning, but as far as the title, but I don't know what this means for the Nationals. I could see uh, J-Mart winning or Marty winning or uh, yeah. Craig or Savachi. You know, I agree. I don't see Mookie winning. And I don't see Webb winning. Webb because of his wrist. Mookie because he's just going to be like, hey, I want to wrap this up. You know what I mean? So then you got to yeah. switch to the next guys. And, geez, Craig's pretty good on this stuff. You know? So. Yep. Craig um, normally has some, some good whoops, and Craig has been pretty darn good. Yeah. whoops this year. JT, what else stuck out for you in 250 main event? Or 250 at all? <sighs> Nothing too much. I just, uh, I was I was really impressed with, uh, Mookie's performance. Uh, that that was really what I took away from it. I thought J-Mart would be a bit better in the main event. Uh, I think the whoops really took the life out of J-Mart. I just, I think he, he struggled there. Um, but man, Mookie was really impressive. When the pressure was on, we saw him struggle with that pressure at Foxborough, and I kind of expected the same performance. I thought as long as he stays ahead of Plessinger, then that's a win for him. But he just went out and dominated. So uh, more than anything, you know, if I had one point to make, I would just that was very, very impressive to see him forget about the pressure and ride mm-hmm. to his maximum potential. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's great. Um, our buddy Moser sent us um, a Snapchat. I'm not on – any of you guys on Snapchat? Are you guys either on? I'm not on Snapchat. Yeah, I have Snapchat. Okay. Moser sent us a Snapchat the guy dropping the gate is on Snapchat and Snapchatting himself hitting the handle and dropping the gate. I feel like with all the gate issues we've had, maybe we shouldn't Snapchat it. Perhaps we should Probably not. focus on making sure this gate drops because we seem to have an issue this year. I was blown away by this. I'm just like, what? Like, Come on, guy dropping the gate. Get off Snapchat. Please focus on the gate. I don't know if he was at fault for the other gate problems. I don't know what's going on. We've had a lot of gate problems. I feel like he shouldn't be Snapchatting it. That's all. Weege, you agree? Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I was, I think at some point the, uh, like I saw they gave Roxanne a phone to Snapchat uh, after he won. That's fine. But I think anytime you're starting to get right into the business of it, 
You might need to keep the phones away. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm just saying. Well, especially because there's been issues. You know, there's there 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 have been problems. So well, whatever. It's just, the NFL; they don't let you the, the players look at their phones during the game, right? Like right, right. You got to put that stuff aside. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, all right. Anything else? Two fifties, four fifties. I was going to say maybe. Uh, so what does Barry? What did Barry get? The legend here is he gets like a plaque or uh, here, something. Here we go. Get... Always back to Barry with you. Always. Well. It's, it's going to tie into something else. Oh, yeah, 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 I think he gets a plaque. I, I think he gets a plaque in an interview that nobody is in the stadium for. So, Could he uh, give his plaque, like the Barry Karsten Memorial Trophy, to Dakota Alex? What is – what is? who built Dakota Alex's motor? This is crazy. This is every week <laughs> that he pulls this start. Well, I've heard some, some riders. Barry Karsten I, Memorial, I, whole shot of work. I've heard riders, and this happens all the time. It happened with Gavin Grace. It could happen with – these different dudes over the years, and JT, you've been part of it too, as far as hearing mm-hmm. things. Um, but I've heard some riders complaining about Dakota Alex and his bike and his stock graphics. And but I mean, Dan Truman and JT was telling me on our fantasy podcast that the guy's always been a good starter. So I guess we just give him that. I give him credit on his Instagram. He said, "Got a good start. Got my doors blown off. Overall, a good night." And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, "That's being honest." He didn't make any excuse. Like, I mean, he didn't even finish that badly. Like, just in general, no, like, I th- he put that out I mean, himself. I think an eighth for Dakota Alex is fine when you look at uh, Bichelia and RJ Hampshire are behind him, and Trader guys were behind him, and you know, so right. um, got my first blown off is I, what he said. <laughs> I did it. I did interview Durham after the race. I found Durham and um, told me he has not practiced Supercross since Atlanta. He's just been hitting ramps. So bringing the fun back. <laughs> I just, I'm like, what? You ever practiced super? Nah, man, we've just been having fun. Uh, all right, cool. So, uh, one of those, that East Coast is toast, though, it does have like ridiculous zoos. Like, I don't know if they're turning that into revenue or money for them, but maybe they're better off hitting ramps. Yeah. And that's where the money's coming from. So, JT, Bloss is uh, on the team for this weekend, and Millsaps yep. is back. Yeah. Millsaps is yeah, back. Yeah, they'll be they'll be three wide. Three guys. You know, minus Andrew, of course. Yeah, but. Yeah. And Millsaps is going to Canada. I guess that's official. So they were kind of waiting on Shorty to see how he felt. And and he's been riding. I talked to Nate, his mechanic. Shorty's been riding a lot and feeling great. So Millsaps is going to Canada. And this is very, very odd to me. But, hey, should be good. That's what KTM wanted. Yeah, no, it should be good. When you add him to Alessi, Freeze, Metcalf, Gurky, and uh, Fasciati, and maybe, maybe Tyler Medellia, that Canadian series is shaping up, Weege. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what if it, what, what if what if Millsaps Alessi rekindled it? I mean, they've been very cordial, very respectful to each other through their years with pros. But mm-hmm. what if it came down to that? That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. All right. That's it. Anything else? We done? I think. Congratulations to Barry Carston for getting his award. It's been a long time coming. We, uh, I can't believe that James didn't come for for the Barry Memorial deal. <laughs> James was there. I can't believe he didn't come. James was there. He was there. Yeah, because someone said he someone tweeted me and said he signed autographs at some dealership all night or something at um, at uh, which we call it some dealership. So motorcycle mall. I don't know, but um, yeah. well, if he did go, that's awesome because I I just wanted him to be there for for Barry. Yes. Yeah, Barry was always there for him. Yeah, absolutely. No, they've been they're they're two peas in a pod, Stewart and and Barry. So, 
Well, I sh- we should have got a quote from James. You know, like I can't. I I had no idea that you're this fast, or I can't believe that you're still this fast. We should have some got something. Got him down there. Hand him a you know uh, four cylinder or something. Barry said yeah. twenty three national numbers. Twenty three <laughs> years of national numbers. God, that's crazy. Yeah, and this wasn't the this wasn't the show up at Southwick and get a point and you automatically have it. Like those are just all he had to earn them. Kind of. I hope he does. I hope he comes back next year. I hope he's really being serious about racing. New York. I don't think he is, but who the heck knows, man? There's enough contingency. It probably depends on the Suzuki contingency program for next year. <laughs> I'll pick up the wrenches. I really would. It'd be an honor Someone, and, a, and a privilege to wrench for Barry. Someone get a call into Bromley Suzuki. Yeah. Get him on the horn. <laughs> Get this program going. Call DG. Do you have any pipes at all <laughs> for Barry? Call MSR. Even though they're no longer they're an off road brand now, I feel like MSR would make you know specific moto gear, or you know they would they would step out of their um their rules and regulations for Barry. DG. <laughs> we do kind of have off road style out on there. Mark. <laughs> A rye helmet with the bolt on chin guard. The Guy Cooper style. Don't forget, everybody was leading the points for we each, right? For a week? For one week in 1990. And he, he's mad. He only got fourth in the, at the previous stop in New Jersey. Never got the Jersey podium. Only got a fourth. Damn. All right. Can you imagine Barry with a red plate? <laughs> Do you think he would spend money to actually get new graphics made? <laughs> he would just spray paint it. <laughs> Barry, we, you got to run a red plate. No, 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 no. No, no. These graphics are still fine. They were on my bike last year. I'm not changing them. There's no way. Yun's going to provide that? Uh... Barry, Barry, you're the points leader. Why is there no red plate? Well, motorhomes were busy this week. I, was, I had a lot of motorhome business, and I just didn't get around to it. I, I was changing out shitters, and I was uh, uh, changing out the exhausts on motorhomes, and, and I didn't get around to it, guys, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, bear dog. Sports kind of come a long way in that, in that respect. It has, hasn't it? You're absolutely right. All right, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, uh, thanks very much. Racer X Online podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, this has been the New York Supercross wrap up, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. 
I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey, hey.